Welcome in, everybody, back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. It is episode 79. I'm Jim, and as always, I am joined by Tom. Tom, how are we doing today? Awesome, Jim. Great to be with you. I'm pumped up this week. Did you, you, you actually the one that told me Warrior Wrestling, which we've talked about a little bit here and there, uh, very, very infrequently. They're coming to where I live. They're coming to Grand Rapids, Michigan in June. I could not be happier because they usually have a pretty eclectic mix of talent. So um, they they're, they're making a big deal about kind of like a spring, summer. It's actually a spring tour because because the, the, the last event is June 18th and summer doesn't officially begin until June 21. I know that because that's my wife's birthday. I'll never forget the start of summer ever. <laughs> you better not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And they usually do, and I mean, depending on what your budget is for the event, they usually do like a VIP ticket that gets you like a front row seat. And then you get a, like the meet and greet with everybody who's on the show, if that's of interest. Um, and it'd be interesting, you know, if you have any figures of any of those guys. I, sometimes they're not guys who necessarily have figures, but they've had some AEW guys. Uh, Santana was at the last show. Uh, the Briscoes were at the last show, which obviously aren't AEW. But um, yeah, I'm jealous. Um and I did, I did reply to their tweet um, or reply to either their tweet or yours about the Grand Rapids show and, <clears throat> excuse me, said, uh, hey, next time, come to the western part of the Midwest, too. Um, I said, Omaha, or, you know, if they came to Des Moines, which is a five, five and a half hour drive for me, I'd probably consider it because I've really liked, I've had, gotten a couple of their shows on fight. I've enjoyed them. And just the cards always look like, holy crap, these are matches I didn't know I wanted to see until they announced them. And then I'm like, I really want to see that. Um, Sam Adonis is one of their kind of big stars, which is Corey Graves' brother. Um, he works a lot in Mexico. Uh, yeah, and then a, a really a, their their warrior champion right now is Will Ospreay. So, yeah, you know. yeah, the potential to see Will Ospreay. And I guess I think he and Cage had a match at one of the more recent events. I think maybe in January so. they, they had one in February. I know because uh, the main event was Athena, the former Ember Moon, and Thunder Rosa, and, and it. Went, I think it went to a draw or nearly to a draw. I think so. Um, I think it went to but a draw. Yeah. I know. I know the Osprey Cage match drew drew a lot of rave reviews. So the idea to see potentially Will Osprey uh, on a non New Japan Grand Rapids, Michigan, yeah, in Grand Rapids of all places. So you know, I mean, we're known for a lot. We are Beer City, USA, but I it's mean, true. Got a good, and, got and a good I, spot, you know. I mean, I I also live here. Let's let well. Me, I, I didn't mean to bury the headline. Just kidding. That's, that's true. <laughs> It is the home of the infamous Tombo. <laughs> the infamous, yes. <laughs> well, uh, we got some some wrestling stuff to talk about this week. Uh, yes, thanks WWE once again. Uh, I guess not thanks WWE, but once again, news breaks on a Thursday when we record on a Friday. Uh, Cesaro is gone from WWE. His contract has expired, which also means there's not a no-compete Uh I have to think some promoters already knew this because I assume Cesaro was reaching out once, once his contract officially expired, whatever day that was. But uh, there also, I think, have to be promoters from, I would say, Ring of Honor, from GCW, uh, who are jumping over themselves to try and get him booked, uh, especially for the WrestleMania weekend shows, I would think. But I would also think Tony Khan has been in touch with him or will be soon. Uh, I would assume Scott Demore from Impact is calling. I, I, I don't. If he wants to work, I don't think there's going to be a hard, going to be hard for him to find work. What do you think, Tom? No, not at all. And selfishly, I would love for him to land in AEW. 
but again, those waters are uh, infested with all kinds of infested is the wrong term. <laughs> um, uh, po populated, populated by uh, by all kinds of fish and and other creatures of the of the watery sort. So you know, does a does a Cesaro, does a Claudio Castagnoli, uh, you know, it, it, how much more room is there in AEW? Is again that's the, the that's the question I'll ask. Well, and the thing is, I expect as especially we're kind of running through some time here where some deals are going to start coming up in AEW, and some have been extended. And obviously, we saw Cody, uh, we talked about last week, has has left. Um, Jericho had his option picked up, so he's there another couple of years. And strangely, Brian Cage apparently had his option picked up, which is I, I, I'm a little baffled because they haven't used him in, since October, um, and it seemed like there was a lot of bad feelings, at least on his side, towards AEW. So unless they're going to use him, I don't understand that one. I guess we'll just see how that goes out. But so I think you're going to start seeing some people who just don't have their contracts renewed, which is, hey, that's business, you know, whatever. That's not, they paid them, they, they've lived up to their end of the deal of a contract. You know, it's not a release where they go, well, we signed you to a five-year deal, but now we're giving you a 90-day, you know, cut and, and you're done. You don't get that five years of pay that we promised you. So I'm fine. I mean, it's like any sport. You sign a contract, and at the end of the contract, you either resign or you move on to somewhere else. Um, so I like the way AEW does that. But uh, so you start, but but I kind of feel like the people you're going to see maybe leave are people who it's not like Claudio would be taking their spot on the roster. Um, you know, it's a lot of guys who maybe work a lot of dark or dark elevation. You know, I not to name, well, I'll just name names, but you know, the Joey Genelas of the world, the sunny, sunny kisses, the, um, the wingmen who I don't even know that they were actually officially signed ever. Um, and I know they're still appearing on some things or you'll, I think you'll see them go to per appearance deals if they were on actual contracts. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and we'll talk about AEW a little bit more later right. in the episode, but th th there, there's something that's been, I, I don't know the right word to, used to uh, uh, state my feeling on the matter. So, um, but there's, there, there's, there's been talents in my perception that are being, um, I'm, I'll call it underutilized. That might not be what I mean, but we'll unpack that a little bit more later in this episode. And I'll, I'll share some of the guys that I think um, that I'm surprised about what's happening and, 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 and where comparatively to where I thought they might be. So. Sure. But for Cesaro, I, I agree. Selfishly, I'd love to see him in AEW, although I'd love to see him really like Cesaro in Bloodsport on WrestleMania weekend, please. Like, and, and that, they have five people already signed for that show or announced. I mean, I'm sure they have more signed, but announced for that, that Bloodsport from GCW. I don't know if you've seen the announcements, but it's John Moxley, Minoru Suzuki, Biff Busick, Jonah, holy crap. And Janai Kai, which which one of these is not like the other. Um, but um, maybe she'll be better in the Bloodsport realm because you and I were not impressed at Terminus. Um, which, can I just say to you, really briefly, squirrel moment here, Terminus 2 was last night, and I feel like there was so much less buzz for Terminus 2 than there was Terminus 1. Like, I really had to look to find results last it, night. Yeah, it kind of, um, it kind of snuck up on you. Um... And I feel being bad. Thursday night's probably a little bit of that. Yeah, it being on a Thursday kind of threw things off. So, yeah, it, weird. But anyways, Janai Kai not on Terminus two, but um, 
and after showing a terminus one, not a shock um, for you and I, anyways. So I not a, wasn't a big fan. Um, yeah, like Cesaro on Bloodsport though, or at Spring Break against somebody. Um, I don't know. Like I think, and, and like I said, Ring of Honor again, depending on their budget for Supercard of Honor, I think people have to keep in mind like. Ring of Honor has restructured the way they're doing things, which also means they have a, not that they didn't before, but I'm sure they have a budget per show. And, you know, as much as we all want Supercard of Honor to be Supercard of Honor, and there are certainly a bazillion talents out there that they could could bring in for that show and have a, a blow away great show, you know, they're not going to be able to spend $5 million on this show either. So let's be realistic and who ring of honor can sign apparently i did see tuesday night ian riccoboni is doing another live q a and going to reveal um some more talent for the show so i'm curious if it's going to be anybody that makes us go ooh, or if it's just going to be like you know i don't know delirious is working super card of honor or joe keys or you know i i, I hope there's at least one name in there that makes you go wow cool all right that'll be fun what are they, who are they going to face I hope. Here's hoping. Cesaro would be a great name to toss out there on Tuesday night or Claudio. Yeah. Um, I, I I wasn't surprised that Cesaro left. Um, they, they, they've never really used him the way they should have. Maybe early on. I mean, he had a good run as a U.S. champ for a while, which what does that title mean? But it meant a little bit more back then, I feel like. Um, and he, he had like a 10 plus year career between all of the places he was under the WWE umbrella. And like when I read that yesterday, I was like, wow. wow, wow. Like it feels like the last 10 years of just life and the wrestling life. world, like are just like like it seems longer than 10 years, which you know, COVID years, you know, and to enter insert that joke here, you know, COVID has made life feel, you know, longer. Oh, big time. And in the last two years, how many times we say things? Like last year, and you really mean actually like two or three years ago, but it was yeah. the last time we did that thing. Uh, yeah, we we last saw each other in spring of 2016. Yep, that's crazy. Absolutely, it's that's I six. Mean, it's almost six years ago, and it, and I will tell you, there are times that I don't feel like it's been six years, and then I, and I go and I contemplate, and I go, yeah, actually, it, I guess it does feel like six years. Yeah, yeah, it's been. Been far too long, that's for sure. Wish I could come to Grand Rapids in June and go to Warrior Wrestling with you, but that's probably not gonna happen. Uh, Hitch up the horses on the wagon, Jim. Giddy up. Right. I, I don't even know what the midpoint for you and I would be. Probably somewhere in western Wisconsin. Um, so that's not a likely wrestling destination. Um, anyways, I, Cesaro, like like you and I both said, he ain't gonna be out of work long. I'm looking forward to it. I think a fired up wants to prove something claudio castagnoli or or whatever he chooses to go by i you gotta think he's gonna go back to the claudio name but um but then again malachi black didn't go back to tommy end either so who knows maybe he will come up with a different name uh just the idea of the, him being able to to perform at at his talent level and at his full potential uh is really exciting and and there are so many you know, dream matches. Let's not maybe get into that today only because let's, let's see where the dust settles for him and then, and then maybe go, okay, what are the two, three, four dream matches you'd love to see with X in that group? Right. Right. If he lands in wherever, um, 
and and I think there are dream matches anywhere he lands, pretty much. That and my mind is already spinning in a couple of different places as we're talking about that. Like, oh yeah, that oh that'd be fun. Um, and, and even some that he could revisit. You know, I mean, if he goes to AEW, there's certainly some people there that he's wrestled both in independent in the past. And there was a tweet sent yesterday from a longtime rival of his that said, you know, he doesn't have the balls to show up in AEW. Um, that was awesome. I love Eddie Kingston. Uh, I just, man, talk about a guy who I didn't care about before AEW. I really didn't. And now is one of my favorite guys. When he comes on the screen, I'm like, oh, Eddie Kingston's here. This is awesome. Um, I missed him while he was injured. Like when he came back a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, thank you. I'm glad he's back. I mean, I am glad he's healthy, but I missed Eddie Kingston on TV. I have not yet seen, I've read the the recap of the second half or so of, uh, of impact. Wow. Dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> Holy smokes. What was that? Um, but I'm looking forward to the promo between he and Jericho uh, to seeing it actually, instead of just, yeah, we're gonna talk about AEW. Yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, I, I don't want to. I'm not gonna try to spoil things for you, but I'm gonna. Oh, I'm, yeah. I, I've read about it, so you, you really yeah. won't. Spoil it. Okay. Uh, but we keep trying to get to AEW, and let's. We'll get there. Just I, I, I don't think it's too long. I think we're gonna be there really quickly. But yes. before that. Before that, we do have a head-to-head update. We made our picks. Uh, I forgot about this, actually. I sent Tom our list of topics, like, hey, let's talk about this this week on the podcast. And he said, uh, head-to-head update and Elimination Chamber thoughts, too. And I was like, oh, yeah, that happened last week. Now, did you watched this last Saturday, correct? I did. I watched okay, it so, so that's probably why you, like, didn't recall, because you um, you – you watched it on Saturday and then you had Sunday and then you started your week. And like, you know, I don't know for you if it's Sunday or Monday is really the start of your week. You know, it varies for people. It varies on the week. Right. So I think by doing that, it just goes out of, out of your mind. For me, I watched this show on Monday morning. So it was in my, it was in kind of my, what I consider my week. You know? Sure. That's a good point. That's a good point. And, and to be blunt, um, well, let's talk about that in a minute. <laughs> I, I have a feeling I know where you're going, but head to head, we went seven and zero because uh, WWE decided that uh, the Usos and Viking Raiders needs to be a longer issue, which I'm okay with that, and we can talk about that in a minute here with thoughts. But um, man, it's a long plane ride to do a you know three minute angle. Um, I hope they were paid the normal Saudi uh, you know bonuses or whatever for for taking the flight over there. Um, so we threw that match out because it didn't happen. But uh, we went 7-0. Everything else, we were chalk on. So uh, that keeps me with a one-match lead, I believe. I don't have my yep. record open, but I yeah, see you. 14-4 and four for Jim and 13-5 and five for Tom. There we are. And so we'll be making revolution picks next week. Um, I, in my wow. head at one point oh. earlier this week, I actually, thought it was, I actually thought it was this week at one point earlier in the week. And then I realized, no, nope, we do have one more week. Um, so, yeah. Is- and, that is insane. I, it's 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 sneaking up on me. Like I I I shouldn't feel this way, but I feel this way. Like well, I'm sorry. I, I'm like, wow, it's crazy. And I think I think it's partially because until this week, like they still needed to flesh out a good portion of that card. Now they're up to eight matches announced. There still could be another match or two because they seem to settle around ten. I think I think they're at nine. I think there was one that was kind of announced, but kind of like under the radar announced. 
but I'll, we'll, go, we'll talk, we'll talk about yeah, that. Curious. Yeah. <laughs> we keep trying to get there. Um, <laughs> Tom, you watched Elimination Chamber on Monday. I watched it live on Saturday. What I was going to say before is I think part of why I forgot about it is it was a largely like, it was a fine show. There wasn't anything that really, you know, stood out as just terrible other than, other than me shaking my head at the Usos and Viking Raiders thing. Like, I actually really thought maybe they were running long on time and they did that to cut it, but I've heard reports since then that, nope, that was not the case. And that was the plan all along. And I'm just like, I, I, I'm, I don't love doing that at premium live events um, anyways, but boy, a premium live event all the way in Saudi Arabia seems a long way to go to, to cut an angle that you could have done on SmackDown. I said raw earlier when you and I were talking before we recorded because I can never remember who's on what brand. Apparently, uh, Jim, I'm so sorry that your birthday is not until December because I'm going to send you uh, a package with rosters: blue for SmackDown, red for Raw. Well, and the worst part is you could send it. It'll take you know four or five days to get to me, even five or six days probably with the way the post office works now, and it might not be right by the time it gets here. The way they just willy nilly flip people around. So very true. Uh, Big E is now on SmackDown for no apparent reason other than we don't want to push him anymore because we're stupid. Anyways, that's a different problem for another day. What were your thoughts on Elimination Chamber, Tom? Yeah, so the big things that I walked away from the, the event with were, um, and we know now that we there's reports about Bobby, Bobby Lashley being truly injured with a shoulder injury that was likely sustained at Royal Rumble that wasn't well known uh, before last Saturday. And there was an angle done in that match where Rollins powerbombs Austin Theory through the pod, and it takes out Lashley for concussion protocol. So one of my least favorite things in the world happened. Uh, a champion lost his title and was not involved in, in any way in, in, in the finish or in, in being pinned. Um, I do think this sets Bobby Lashley up, and I, and I kind of alluded to it when we talked before. He's going to be a pretty big baby face, or could. I don't want to say he will be. He has the potential. It's it's in WWE's hands, and and that's where it gets a little bit sticky. <laughs> um, um, outside of that, uh, I thought it was really interesting that the the way the match went the, down the stretch. Once Lesnar kicked his pot in and got in the match, and and that thing wasn't gimmicked, by the way. No, I know. The no. Come up, that was not gimmicked. He just what, and, it, wasn't and then, it wasn't planned. He just decided I'm going to kick the crap out of this thing. And, and then the one the how he accident out of was like there was like a jagged edge. So like the idea that he like hurtled that, stepped over that, whatever, and like didn't like slice his leg, perhaps. I mean, he's you know, a, it's just he it's, is I a freak. I mean, yeah, he, is just, I, he is a freak. He is. Um, I, I didn't like the eliminations in the in the match. I, I, I we both felt and we both picked that Brock was going to come out in the end and win. Um. Surprising that Austin Theory was the last guy, but I guess um, they like him. Yeah, they, they, do, they, they, like they do. They do like him. Um, and which is, there's nothing wrong with that because he's, he's he's super young, super talented. So so that was one item. Um, the other thing was I can't wait for an extended Bianca Belair Rhea Ripley um, feud and match. Uh, and then um, can we get someone to tie a better arm behind the back for Ronda Rousey? Oh my goodness. Uh, and and then poor Matt Cat Moss, and thankfully he was not uh, oh. injured, injured extremely. So those are those are my things that just really resonate with me coming out still almost a week later. Yeah, and by the way, your mic's hitting your zipper um, on your 
or I think you have a zipper on there. I do. Yep. You know me. Yep. Zipper Tom. That's what we call it. Um, <laughs> Turtleneck Tom. Watch out. Turtleneck Tom. Um, yeah. I, all of the things you said. The, the, I thought the women's chamber was a really fun sprint for a chamber. It was apparently the shortest chamber match ever. Um, Both the, chamber matches seemed really short. Plus the entries seemed much quicker than in the past. Well, and like out of the pods, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and also it was very odd to me that in both cases, um, they had the two people who were going to start the match not be the last two announced. Like Brock came out last and Alexa came out last who both went to their pods with the two people who were starting the match standing in the ring. Like that, I, I get that those are the two people you are saving because they're going to get the biggest pops probably in the match. I did love that Alexa's uh, pod had a swing in it. I thought that was great. Um, just a little detail that I was like, that's fun. Like um, I thought Alexa looked great in her match too um, for the short time that, you know, anybody was in that match. Um, yeah. I, so they were fun sprints, but not super memorable because they were sprints in some way. Um and yeah, the men's one, the only thing that bothered me with it was you just, again, put another mark in the column of Brock Lesnar matters, Roman Reigns matters, and nobody else really matters because he came in and killed three of your guys. Boom, boom, boom. And and they hadn't been, it'd be one thing if they were 35 minutes into the match and they were worn down and Brock came in fresh and beat him, no problem. But they were like 10 minutes into the match or 15 minutes into the match or whatever. Like AJ Styles, Seth Rollins and riddle shouldn't be totally out of gas at that point, you know, and be able to be just run through like a, you know, locomotive. Um, so that was, I, I didn't love that part, but I wasn't shocked by it either. It's WWE booking. Uh, agree that I was interested that it was theory at the end. Um, and that they let theory, like I know Lesnar toyed with him quote unquote for a while. And that F5 throw from the top of the pod, looked cool i mean theory landed on his feet but um he had to he can't take a flat back you know a flat bump on his face off of the top of the pod so i'm not i'm not arguing that um why he's gonna be so soft right (laughs) right you know hey uh belly flop off the no 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 um but uh you know it was fine it was what i expected um i i actually thought I'm sorry. You know concussion what? Concussion protocol. Have, I'm, go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. I was just saying concussion protocol was a weird thing for them to call it. If you would have said that his knee, like that he, because of the way he fell, like it didn't look to me like he hit his head especially hard. And maybe it was, maybe I was a little bit watching that a little bit more because of the Madcap Moss situation earlier in the show, where obviously he tucked his chin when he should have flat flattened out, um, and and put his head back, and he tucked his chin and. I mean, could have killed himself, frankly, taking that move that way. Um, and I've, I've heard and read the reports that, you know, he knew he screwed up and, and he apologized and there was no heat on anybody else, no heat on him either. He just, he made a mistake and thankfully it didn't cost him his life or his career. Um, I mean, the minute, <laughs> and I love that the report is, you know, everybody in the gorilla position was very concerned about Mad Cat Moss. And then as soon as they realized he was okay, they called for replays um, <laughs> and made sure to replay that happened. I'm like, that's such a WWE move. Uh, it's such a pro wrestling move. Let's be fair. Most other places would have done the same thing if they knew he was okay. Um, 
how he's okay, I don't know because the way he landed, that that should have been very, very bad. So I'm glad he's okay. I, I don't care to see Drew McIntyre and Matt Cat Moss anymore, but not at the cost of the man being paralyzed. So um, I'm not a sadist. Uh, you know, I thought Becky and, and Lita were good. They were fine. Again, always hard to totally get into a match when you feel like there's absolutely no chance one of the two is winning the match. Um, but for what they had, I think it was fine. Um, Dewdrop looked like a monster in her, you know, short time. I thought she had a good showing. So, yeah, it was all fine, and it was all exactly kind of what we expected. I was a little worried, I will admit. When Roman Reigns and Goldberg started, I was like, uh-oh. My fear is coming true. They're going to do the whole interference thing. Like, this is not good. Um, goodness, my phone keeps ringing. I'm a busy, I'm a popular man this morning. Um, but uh, I was a little worried when they started with Roman and Goldberg. And honestly, Roman and Goldberg was okay. I mean, for, for what it could have been, for the train wreck it could have been, it was okay. I did this make you more excited or less excited to see anything at WrestleMania or was this just kind of, yep, chalk? You know, I, I am, I am excited for WrestleMania. I think the matches that they're building to are, are intriguing, you know, Ronda, Charlotte, Bianca, Becky, Roman and Brock, which is really not because it's title for title. If I do recall correct, I thought they announced that, which that's unique booking like this. The first, this is what the first time this has happened in a number of years and like the one that of course comes to mind is warrior Hogan. Uh, but those were not two world championships. It was world title and intercontinental title. Right. Uh, so, on the men's side. Well, I don't think, well, Jericho. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was Jericho. Jericho beat rock and Austin. Was that right. nine 99, 98, eight, two, nine, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the one, the, the one comment um, I was going to make, um, about just about the men's chamber with Brock coming in last. They could have done something really creative by having the two guys who were going to start that match attack him before he got in the pod, soften him up, and then have him get thrown in the pod and locked in the pod. So then you got Brock going, he's stewing, he's steaming, and he's kind of being built as a babyface anyway. Then when he gets out, that gives a little bit more credence to him murdering people, figuratively, Look. not literally. Look, five minutes of thought, and Tom made it made more sense, made more sense than uh, than Vincent Bruce did. I mean, hey, I'm willing to write for the WWE. Just give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah. I think certain people aren't happy with your schedule right now. Imagine that one. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm in Omaha. Sorry, I'm in Tucson. Sorry, I'm in. Hey, come to Omaha. That's cool. I'll come see you. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. I'll get I'll get you backstage. There you uh, go. We can hang out in catering. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, says it's great. So, I, I I am excited for WrestleMania again. We like we mentioned last week. Um, not going to see it live um, because I'll be away. Right. Be Tom's excited for WrestleMania when he sees it in June. Uh, <laughs> Very likely, right? And then and the thing is, like, I'm grateful that I'll be on vacation like I was a year ago, and I was able to kind of pretty much stay off of social media. Uh, the thing is, I'm going to probably want to be aware of what's happening with Ring of Honor and maybe other events. So, how do I? Oh, I keep an eye on that, but keep other eyes off of the, the WWE happenings. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Um, you, I did the guy who can send you, you know, directed information if you want. That's but, yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm glad I got that inside, inside, uh, inside hookup. Did you see that they formally finalized that Charlotte Ronda is the main event for night one? 
I haven't seen the words main event, but I did see that it was announced for Saturday night. And yeah, it's it's gonna be an event. Let's be honest. I mean, what else are you gonna put there? Yeah. In the main event slot, because you don't have a WWE title match. You're, both your titles are. I mean, that's gonna main event Sunday. We all know that. Yeah. Um, that's the worst kept secret in the world that that would main event night too. Um, your your only other option would have been Becky and Belair, and we've talked about that before. That storyline wise. We think that belongs in that main event spot, but it's Ronda Rousey. I get it. I, I get why they're doing it. Um, I just, man, I'm I am concerned. Uh, concerns the wrong word. I am interested to see the crowd reaction to that Charlotte Ronda match, and I think a lot of the work they do between now and WrestleMania will determine a lot about that crowd reaction. Yeah. Uh, yep, I agree. The story they tell. So. Uh, yeah, and and to go to Rhonda for a quick second, yeah, they tied it behind her back, and then it slid to her side. Um, so that didn't work. I did think the judo outfit, though, and that it was the judo outfit she wore when she was in the Olympics. I think I, they said, um, I thought that was a very creative and cool way to do a full body um, gear and have it meaningful. Um, I also thought that the gear that the ladies wore in general. I know we talked about this a little bit in the past. Um, you know, the last time, I think it was the last time, like Becky Lynch, I remember wearing like an oversized t-shirt, looked like she was going to the gym, basically. Um, this time around, they all had gear that was still covered, you know, it, it, it respected local laws, which, you know, we can go on about that. Um, I saw somebody in one of the reports I read said, you know, how come Goldberg can be standing there and basically his underwear, but you know, the women all have to be covered from the neck to the toe. Um, it's a fair argument, but that's a cultural thing. It's an absolutely fair argument. Um, but they respected those laws, but still had gear that looked like wrestling gear and looked cool, looked to their, you know, characters and that sort of thing. So I thought they did a nice job of of making that not look like, oh, we had no idea what to do, so we threw oversized t-shirts on them so they're not, you know, revealing or whatever. Um, and they weren't revealing, but they were still cool looking gear, I thought. So kudos to the ladies and, and the, uh, the seamstresses or co costume folks in WWE who were able to come up with, uh, cool looking gear for those, for those ladies, for that, that show, because they have to wear different gear. Anything else on elimination chamber, Tom? Nothing else that I can think of. I'm sure it'll come up at some point. We'll be talking a lot about the road to WrestleMania as we move forward. But today we wanted to focus a little more on AEW because we've been a little uh, WWE heavy lately because of Elimination Chamber and Royal Rumble and things like that. And snow uh, days. We got snow days. Yeah, snow right, days. We, we missed one because of snow snowmageddon in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, AEW's got Revolution coming next week, so we're actually going to talk a lot of AEW next week as well. Um, but uh, lots has happened in AEW. We talked about Cody last week. Uh, leaving, obviously, there's been a few more additions in the last few weeks as well. Keith Lee made his debut. Uh, Jay White has made his debut as well. Uh, we'll see how long Jay White sticks around. I think Jay White's kind of just doing the, the circuit right now and working everywhere he can, uh, which I'm loving in the Fantasy Wrestling League because at least he's earning me some points along the way because uh, he's winning an awful lot too where, where he is. Um, and then we had another debut, uh, which I haven't seen play out just yet. Uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of that match as I'm watching, but I've read the report from Wednesday so that I could have this conversation. Uh, a guy that I've been waiting to see pop up for quite a while in Buddy Matthews uh, pops up in All Elite Wrestling. So 
as you said before, the they are infested with talent, Tom, um, in AEW. Uh, you've got you've got some thoughts. I know you wanted to share or get into. So, what do you, yeah. what do you think? Well, so super cool um, addition in Buddy Matthews. Uh, he's part of the House of Black. So Malachi, Brody, and that Buddy is a Matthews. Cool trio. That's a really sweet trio. If if they ever wanted to pull the trigger on creating trios titles, that'd be a great group to start with. And um, I think. AEW, you know, so often six-man tag titles in the last 20 years have been kind of, they they create them, like Ring of Honor, I think of. They created them, it was kind of cool for a little bit, and then they kind of got forgotten, you know, and the never-open-weight six-man tag titles, I feel like, don't have any buzz in New Japan and haven't for much of that existence of that title. Um, you know, Chikaro had the trios titles, and those were those were booked a little bit better. Didn't they have trios titles? I feel like mm -hmm. they did. They had the King of Trios tournament. King of Trios tournament. Yeah, they didn't. Um, oh, oh, uh, Lucha Underground had a Trios title um, that was booked a little better. Lucha Underground, that's what I was thinking. King of Trios tournament, yes. Um, and Chikara, I knew they did something with Trios. Um, but I feel like AEW could book it well, and they've got enough, holy smokes, I mean, you've got enough top-level Trios that you could very easily have a very cool Trios tournament. Yeah, and, and I think that I don't know when Ray Phoenix is due back, but the idea of Pentagon Black or Penta Ocero uh, as, oh, Oscaro, Oscaro, sorry, my Spanish is not uh, brushed up here. This, does this that mean dark or black or something? It does. It means, it means dark. Yeah. So Pentagon Dark and Pac defeated Malachi and Brody. Uh, but now with the addition of Buddy Matthews, Phoenix coming back, you got to think there's you a six man tag. You yeah. got to figure Phoenix is coming back pretty soon because he's announced for a match in a couple of weeks here uh, with Penta versus the Briscoes. So at House of Glory, House House of Glory, is that right? I think so. Yeah. Um, and and I've never watched a House of Glory show, but uh, that and Loki versus Jonathan Gresham has me looking to see if my calendar might be clear that evening. Yeah, for uh, sure. Um, is that is, so? Is that the match that you thought was kind of low key? No, 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 no. So, so let's run down the current Revolution card. And so, I guess one thing I'll, I'll comment on, and I'm interested in your thoughts as well. I know you're still working through this week's episode. I feel like there's been a lot of like breadcrumbs building up to the matches that we're getting, but then I feel like the announcements have come like really quickly, just almost too sudden for me to like really like process. So I, I have not liked that as much, um, and I don't know why. I don't know why it's, it's, it's. Bothering me wouldn't be the right term. I don't know why it's like bugging me. What well, you might go? Well, what's the difference between a bother and a bugging? And, and I'd say I really don't know, Jim. But uh, but I'm, that's 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 the world I'm living in, and that's where I'm going to say. So here are the matches that are that are announced um, formally, and then there's one. The, the one I'll close with is the one that I that you and you either maybe haven't read about it in the report you saw, or you'll you'll it'll make sense when you see what you see. So world title. Hangman Page, Adam Cole, Women's World Title, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, Dog Collar Match, Punk and MJF, Face the Revolution Ladder Match for the shot at the TNT title, currently with Keith Lee, Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, the winner of the Ricky Starks 10 match, 
uh, on Wednesday, and then tomorrow or tonight, it is Friday, uh, Anthony Bowens and Orange Cassidy will be the the next entrant. Uh, the AEW tag titles are the Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, which I think they've gone away from calling them the Jurassic Express, which is interesting. Um, as the tag champs, uh, will it's a it's a three way match or it's a three team match. Um, Red Dragon got the first spot on Wednesday, and uh, next Wednesday the second team will be determined. All signs point to that being the Young Bucks. Um, I mean, it's got to be, right? It's, it's got to be. Uh, Chris Jericho, Eddie Kingston, um, Brian Danielson, John Moxley. Uh, that was uh, formally, informally announced at the end of Rampage or Dynamite on Wednesday. Um, their Tornado Trios tag of Darby Allen Sting and Sammy Guevara against Andre El Idolo, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy. And then the TBS title match will be Jade Cargill against Ty Conti. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did read. I, I guess I wasn't sure if that was going to end up on Revolution or, you know. It, when, you, when you get to that on um, on Dynamite, just listen, like, the like it's listen to the mic work because, like, it's, like, it's fast and furious, and then they have an interaction. And, like, if you, if you happen to miss something just auditorily, you wouldn't have picked it up or you wouldn't pick it up. So I'll just tune you into your ears on that one. Gotcha. Um, and that's fine for me because, you know, hey, another title defense for Jade Cargo. Because um, Ty's not winning that belt yet. So, I, and we'll talk more about that card next week. Um, I've liked some of the build. I do agree some of it uh, came together really quickly. And like you said, the breadcrumbs have all been there. But, uh, and, and once again, Malachi Black cannot get himself on a pay-per-view, can he? What and, and 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 so let's go back to that. So you you said is that what you were thinking of? And and I said no because it was the TBS championship. Um, do they do, do they potentially run with two six man tags on the same show? One being a tornado trios and one being just a traditional. And it gets you it gets you more talent on the show. But is that the right if, thing to if do? If you're going, if you're thinking about a trios title, it might not be a bad idea to start that breadcrumb. Maybe. But Tony Khan says he's got something in the works that's massive and going to change pro wrestling forever because Tony Khan says that every two flipping weeks. Um, I saw a headline this morning where he said it's it's as big or bigger than the first dance announcement. I did see that as well. And which I, is like, okay, well, that was CM Punk's return, <laughs> and that kind of set the wrestling world ablaze, and the fire is still burning. Um, okay, well, stop teasing us, TK. Well, and, and here's my thing, for, and a little bit of an aside. It's okay for a surprise to just be a surprise. Like, it's actually, I think, like Malachi Black, I go back to that. He didn't tease a thing about Malachi Black showing up that night. The lights went out, lights came up, Malachi Black was there, the pop was awesome. Let that happen. Stop telling everybody every time you got a surprise coming. Like, just stop. I know. It's I know a- it's your birthday. I know it's your birthday coming up. You're gonna get gifts. You are gonna get gifts. <laughs> right. It's just, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. Most of the time he delivers. Um, every once in a while, he builds it a little too much. Christian Cage, perfect example. I think of. He built that one up so much that unfortunately, what could have been a cool thing was a disappointment because people had too many expect higher expectations. And that's the problem when you build it up all the time. Just let things happen. Um, I, that's it's an, a slight annoyance I have with Tony Khan, yeah. and that he feels 
he gets a little too carnival barkerish for me sometimes. And, and let's let's say it's another talent, right? And this is going to be my segue into into what I wanted to talk about earlier. Um, if it's another talent, how much more room is left? So that so there's that, and then you then you talk about Cesaro or Claudio Castagnoli potentially being a, a high level, at least in the eyes of like wrestling fans. Again, like I want to say not not not. Um, not pro wrestling, not sports entertainment, like pure, like when you think about athletic wrestling, high quality, like, you know, really high quality matches, Cesaro comes to mind, which is where I'm landing going. I feel like guys in the AEW that I think should be utilized more are not. And I'll name a few. Andrade El Idolo, Malachi Black, Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, and there's there's more, but those are the first three that I just feel like I keep being hit over the head with on a weekly basis. Now I recognize Kyle O'Reilly coming in as he did, and the connection in 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 full with Bobby Fish as part of Red Dragon, and they've reprised that team. And that being said, I was I was given like you know Kyle O'Reilly as a singles for. 18 months before that. And I really liked what I saw. So I want more of that. And so that AW is not giving that to me makes me feel like Kyle O'Reilly is not being utilized. Well, Andrade, when he came in last summer, um, I think it was like late, late spring or summer. I was like, Oh my gosh, finally his potential is going to be realized again. Incredible NXT run. Um, really high positive run on raw. That kind of what's curbed because of the pandemic, but his matches with Ray, Ray Mysterio, if they had had the chance to have a full, like, in-person WrestleMania that year in 2020, Andrade and Ray at WrestleMania or something to that effect could have been an all-time classic. Um, and then Malachi Black. Um, again, it, it's so character-driven maybe for him, more so than for Andrade and for Kyle, that... <clears throat> excuse me, that, that, it, that maybe it's okay that he's kind of like where he's at in that space, um, that mid to upper card space. And, and maybe it's a stretch to even say upper card. I don't know, but I just, I feel like these guys should be and can be higher. And maybe because I thought that this coming to this new landscape would give them that opportunity. And I just, it, it hasn't yet to, to the expectations that I've had. Yeah, and I, I think there's other folks you can add to that list, at least at times have been focused on and then at times have been kind of not. And I think it's maybe strange that they're not on this pay-per-view card potentially at this point. And, you know, uh, Santana and Ortiz uh, are, are involved in a storyline with, with their own inner circle brethren right now and seemed to be getting a push. And now we're in a tag team battle royal and most likely are going to be in the casino battle royal because I'm kind of thinking like, I feel like it's going to be the nine teams that didn't make it. And then maybe one, usually in the Casino Royale, there's a joker. Um, so I kind of feel like maybe that's, or do you just do two teams for each suit? You know, since you have four suits and then the ninth team is the joker, which then you already know all your nine teams. And I don't know, the joker's always been somebody coming back or a debut or something like the Briscoes would be a great Joker team here awesome. if they're ever coming in. But I just don't, although that would be a great way to do Briscoes come in cost FTR, the chance at winning that young bucks end up winning it. They go out of the tag title match and now you're off to the races with Briscoes and FTR. Uh, FTR though, 
another one that I feel like has been very up and down. Like when they came in, they were right on top. They won the belts. And since they've lost the belts, like they've had some features, but then they've also been gone for a while. And I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm listening. I just am about 20 minutes into um, Renee Paquette had Dax Harwood on this week. Um, and it's really an interesting interview with he- hearing about kind of his own uh, journey and his own personal struggles that he's had. Um, so it's been very interesting listening to that. Um, and she's going to have Cash Wheeler on either next week or in the, the weeks to come. She mentions at the beginning of the show that she wanted to have them on separately because um, they each have their own journey and they each have their own story. And she wanted to to delve into those separately rather than only get snippets of it because you're interviewing two people at the same time, which I thought was a good idea for her. Um, I don't listen to her show every week by any means, but every time I've listened to her interviews, she's really good at what she does. Um, and I really enjoy the way that she dives into also kind of the person um, rather than just character stuff. Uh, she does a really nice job of that. But uh, I'm curious if he talks at all about like their time in AEW and how I feel like it's been a little start stop with them. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think I, I would have to go back again, crackpot research team. Um, how many pay-per-view matches has Malachi Black had since he came in? I feel like almost every pay-per-view were like, they couldn't find a spot for Malachi Black on the show, yet he's been featured. You know, he's always seemed to have something going on, but I don't feel like he's had very many pay-per-view matches. And he's been in stories that were absolutely worthy of that. Um, I could see them adding that six-man to this pay-per-view, and that would be a match. It would excite me a heck of a lot more than the six-man they got on this show right now. Um, But that's probably because I only really care about two people maybe in that six man match. And that's Sammy um, and Darby. I want to care about Andrade, but like you said, the booking of him has been so weird um, that it's hard as a performer. I care about him because I know how good he is, but as a character, I don't care about him because they booked him so strangely. Um, And it's just a pet peeve of mine when they do this. I've talked about it before. Sammy's the TNT champion, have a flipping TNT title match on that pay-per-view. And build a story to it. Have a it's Well, I thought I thought we were gonna get Andrade and Sammy at the pay-per-view. Yeah. Makes total sense. Do this stupid six-man tag match where you don't even have six because you're pulling one guy out of a tag team to have Isaiah Cassidy randomly in there. Um, do that on Rampage and then do Sammy Andrade at the pay-per-view. My assumption is they want Sting on the pay-per-view. Fine but then come up with something for Darby and Sting to do. Well, or and, and, you could and, do Darby and Sting versus Matt Hardy and Andrade if you want to do Sammy versus somebody else. And I'm not to, not to continue the, the the theme of threes, but I, I could have saw Sammy versus Andrade versus Darby because right. Darby has a has a gripe that he was screwed out of the championship match when he lost to Sammy. I mean, I don't right. know. So as much as I love AEW, and I do, I look forward to their show every week, I try not to read the report before I get to see it, but sometimes it just depends, especially with our recording schedule, and depends on what I think is probably happening on that week. Like, if it was going to be a really big week where I thought there was going to be, like, the Keith Lee thing, I tried not to, and I did, I wasn't spoiled until I saw him come out. Um, or and Jay White, you know, three minutes before him. But, um, you know, when so I guess when Tony hypes those things, it does make me who doesn't have the ability to watch it on Wednesday nights as it airs, um, determine whether or not I'm going to try to stay off social media before I watch it. Um, 
But like you said, with WrestleMania and the, that weekend for you, sometimes that's dictated on when do I actually think I'm going to get to see the show. Uh, if I'm not going to see the most, the majority of it until Saturday or Sunday, I'm probably not staying on social media from Wednesday until Saturday or Sunday for a weekly show. I'm just probably not. Um, so some things are going to get spoiled. But I love them. But there are definitely things they can tighten up in their booking and in their use of guys. Um, they've got four shows, counting Dark and Dark Elevation. And I realize mostly in Dark and Dark Elevation, you're just getting guys reps, and that's fine. You've still got three hours. Like, utilize them well. Um, and and rotate a little bit. Rot you know, people don't have to be on the show every week, and they do a little bit of that. But I don't know. There's definitely people, and so it does make me worried with people like Cesaro, with people like, if they bring in Athena, if they bring in uh, Nixon Newell, which would be Tegan Knox formerly, if they bring in Tony Storm, like, if they bring in these people, do they have time to give to them? And if so, what are they cutting? Because there's already a bunch of people under some form of contract with them that aren't getting a lot of TV time. They did just sign, I don't know if you saw, they signed apparently Nick Wayne, who is 16 years old. He's been working GCW and things. I haven't seen a lot of him, uh, but apparently he's pretty impressive, and especially for 16. I don't think they signed him to any sort of a big money deal. He might be on, you know, one of their tier one or tier two, whatever um, kind of paper appearance or, you know, right of first refusal kinds of things. Um, but, hey, develop, develop a 16-year-old kid, I mean, who's already getting some buzz. Well, and then in the same conversation, you know, so, again, Buddy Matthews is there. He did show up. Um He's part of a faction now, so he'll get whatever they get, probably. You know, I think, you know, Malachi's a leader, but then you got Brody and Buddy kind of in the mix. There's rumor, we talked about, and I forget if we talked about it when we were recording or not, but Brian Cage has re-signed. So Brian Cage is back in the mix, someone who's been pretty stagnant for the past six months. I think they've signed, or the rumors are out there, that they've signed Shane Strickland, which is a great acquisition. Again, that's one more, again, one more fish in the pond, right? So it's like, where, where and when, fellas? I, I I don't want Dynamite to go to three hours. I think two hours is a good good amount of that show. But boy, if they could get a second of Harker Rampage, it might really help, actually. Um, and I wish they could do Rampage live more often. I hate that it's taped, but I get it. I really, from a cost standpoint, I get it. And especially at a one-hour show. If it was a two-hour show, maybe you'd be more willing to go live more often. Um, but... I realize satellite time, travel, you know, building costs, all those things. I, I'm not the one trying to run the business, so I get that. But, uh, and and somehow I actually almost always avoid rampage spoilers. So uh, they're out there, I know, but I almost always can avoid them pretty easily. They also though have taken to well, they have good matches on rampage, and and they do storyline stuff. They're not. They're smart. They're not switching titles on a tape show usually or anything like that. It's a very fast-paced show. It and is. Like, you well, because they cram like four matches in usually in that hour. Yep. Yeah. And and, and it's interesting because it's, it's gone from two pretty early on to three and now to four, plus other announcements and some segments and whatnot too. So, yeah. And you got to have Mark Henry say, it's time for the main event. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. we can, glad Mark Henry has a contract. I yeah, good for him. I, I I don't love that. I do like, though, the little, like, before the main event, the promos between the two. Like, it feels a little Saturday night's main event-ish to me. I don't know yeah. why that's the feeling I get from it. Um, but I kind of like that. A uh, little character development, little, you know, that kind of stuff. But 
yeah, I, enough talk. I think we've had enough talking, and now it's time for the main event. Uh, yeah, I could do without that. The time for talking is done. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, like you said, good for Mark. He's got himself a job, and he seems like a super nice guy. Everything you ever hear about Mark Henry is he's a nice guy. So, well, and, and then that segment, just to pull that segment out, he goes from like gruff and 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 ready to rumble to a big Cheshire cat smile on his face. And it, and I just think it's so funny. It's like, you know, I, we see you, Mark. We see you out here loving life. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Oh, anything else on uh, AEW? Well, yeah. So the big thing that I think, and maybe like the, the bookend for the conversation today, at least, is just I want your thoughts on, on Punk and MJF. Um, two really, in my opinion, polar opposite promos. Punk last week with announcing the match um, and laying things out and, and, really like just good, good word good wordplay and will you be my valentine come on now like that's so good um and then this week with mjf and i liked it but i also didn't like it i really found I, mjf um it, 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 he walked he walked in both he, he walked in like a very sympathetic space which i liked for to an extent but then he was also his his mjf so like it made me feel like some of the story didn't land as well with me as it probably maybe could have or should have. And then you had people in the crowd who I think looked at him as a baby face for one night. What are your, what are your thoughts? How did that land with you? I loved it. Um, and, and I agree with you. He did walk in both spaces and I think that was very intentional. Um, and I think the, the crowd, some of the crowd did buy into it. And of course it's going to come out that it was all a, you know, a ruse and, because that's MJF. He's, you know, the worst human being on the face of the planet. But is it though? Like, is this, or is this the one time where, where he's telling the truth? Uh, he, some of this actually is based in reality. We've seen the picture. Um, actually, somebody I saw, and I don't know if it's right, true or not. I haven't, you know, vetted it in any way. I just saw it this morning. Um, posted up supposedly a Facebook post, I think Facebook, from Max Friedman back whatever year that would have been when he quit football so that he could become a pro wrestler. Um, and it's with a picture of punk and Danielson shaking hands, the whole story that he told. Uh, <clears throat> so I think there might be some truth in it, but I think it's definitely going to be turned, not necessarily that it was all a lie, but that the way he feels about it now is, you know, a little bit of a ruse uh, to try and get, He's playing mind games right back with Punk, basically. Yeah. So thoughts, thoughts on the 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 the. It's more than opinion. Thoughts on the angle of vilifying CM Punk as a bully. I think because in the end it's going to turn around and come back to that he's not. Um, and I think having so I'm okay with it because again it's the mind games. Um, can MJF turn the crowd um, and then have, you know, in the end it turned out that no, you know, MJF was the, the sneaky, terrible heel all along. Um, and I like that punk came out and said, is it true? Is it like, you know, I mean, like even, he even got it under punk skin. He even got into punk's head, um, which of course I think plays into that's what he wanted all along. Um, I just like the mind games that they're playing back and forth. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to culminate in probably the match I'm most looking forward to at Revolution. 
the only other one that comes close for me. And there, there are a number of good matches on that card, as usual. But I am really looking forward to Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker as well. Uh, because I think there's a long-term story there. You and I have called for Thunder Rosa to be the challenger at like every pay-per-view. Um, <laughs> lights out match, I feel like. Um, so they finally have gotten to it. And well, I'll say more about that next week. Um, I don't want to don't want to delve too far into that. But but Punk MJF, I think this build is I've loved it. Um, I get what you're saying, but I think in some ways your 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 feeling is exactly what they want you to feel right now, um, and that's and that's good. Uh, and and go for the ride, man. Go for the ride, and um, I I think it's going to play out really well. And man, I my only um, disappointment is a really weird word to use here, so I don't know the right word I want to use. Is I think they could have gotten a couple of pay per view matches out of Punk MJF, and after a dog collar match, I'm just not sure where you go. Um, Although WWE's done weirder things, so who knows? Maybe AEW could. I mean, you could go to blood and guts, but how do you, like, what do you, you know, MJF has the pinnacle he could pull together. Punk could pull together some ragtag team if he had to of random, you know, Darby and Sting, and I don't know, maybe don't put Sting in blood and guts. Um, you know, people, he could find pokes. But um, I... Yeah, I don't know where you go. So I, 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 my only disappointment is I think next Sunday is probably the end of Punk MJF. At least this round, they can always come back to it down the road. Um, and I think they could have gotten even more out of it if they wanted to. But I've enjoyed this ride so far. I'll be very curious though if this does end next Sunday. At least for now, what do they each do next? Because what is the next step after a Punk MJF feud? Like for MJF, I would think it would have to be going for the world title. And I don't know what you do with Punk after it. So right, well, and 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 then a thought too. So like again, with this whole like, if it ends up being a ruse, and you know, MJF is a snake, and even though he's trying to get sympathy because he's trying to perpetuate Punk as a bully, he's been the bully the whole time to Wardlow, and he continues to be right. a bully to Wardlow. So it's so so the dynamic there is super interesting. Here's what I'm going to really struggle with. Number one, we're going to be back here in a week, and we're going to preview this, and we're going to make our picks, and that's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be a great conversation. Again, my destination viewing has been and likely continues to be AEW. I've already said that's my anniversary weekend, so I'm probably not watching Revolution live on Sunday. Uh, I'm pretty confident I'm going to take the day off of work on Monday and watch it on Monday. But again, to stay silent on social media that whole time, Man, I don't, I, I'm having a hard time going, how can I wait until Monday to, to just dive in? Because I want to just sink my teeth into so many things. And again, we just talked about two. We talked about this. We talked about the women's title match. There's so much more. The, the high caliber of singles matches on this card, when I ran it down 20 minutes ago, it's insane. It, it is. I mean... I've been back and forth because Saturday is a very busy day next week for me. Um, and then I have a, a work obligation every Sunday from like two to four, um, whether or not I was going to watch this live or not. Uh, you know, as I look at the card, I probably will um, <laughs> just, you know, sorry, honey, see you Monday, um, you know, kind of weekend, but um, yeah, it, it, it does have a lot on it that I'm very interested in. It's got, 
you know, a match that I don't care about, but a match that I don't care about, if that's crazy. Um, quick question, and then I know we'll move on. Um, how are you feeling about Adam Page's champion and his run? I'm fine with it. I, I don't think that it's really gotten a lot of momentum yet. Um, I, I, I don't know if we dug dug into unpacking the Texas death match. I cringed in that match only out of fear for Adam Page's health and wellness. I mean, Archer took a lot of abuse too, but Archer's a big man, and, and maybe I care less about Archer than I do about Hangman Page. Um, I don't know, maybe because I just like like Hangman as a talent better. That match, that match, like I know people were like, that was great. It was really good. Like it was violent. It was brutal. I was like, that's dangerous. Like what? When? When is? When is enough enough? Well, and and for him to take, for him, Paige, sorry, pronouns, pal, um, for him, Paige to take Archer's finish, and I can't think of the name of the move right now, um, but kind of the the flippy razor's edge, um, over the top rope onto that stair that was turned sideways, and the way it kind of bent underneath it, like, yeah, you're 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 naming the exact spot where I went. Oh yeah, I I did too, and and was very glad that Adam Page got up after that because he landed the way he hit and then hit the floor was nasty. Um, my thing with Page, and the reason I asked the question is when he comes out with the title, I almost have this moment of like, oh, that's right, he is the world champion. Like, I just don't like to me the world champion should feel like that's the guy, and I don't feel like he's at that spot. And yeah, that's fair. I, I, you know, I thought, I thought the, when he won the title and then the, the, the two and a half month feud with Danielson was great. But then when that didn't result in Danielson unseating him as champion, it, it made you kind of go, okay, well then what, maybe what's next. And then we've had the Archer thing and now we've had the Cole thing. And I think he gets through Cole, which is Cole's going to be Cole's first pinfall loss in AEW. But yeah, then then is it MJF at double or nothing? So yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, like I said, I, he just doesn't have the quite that feel for me. Um, blackout, and that just reminds me. I think blackout. I think that is the name of that move um, from Lance Archer. So uh, NXT, Tom, uh, you you forgot to record it this week uh, until the second hour. I know so. Uh, Yes. So that tells us everything we need to know about how you feel about NXT. Um, I thought it was a better show this week, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, the stuff I saw in the second hour, again, it was on the background when I was doing some other tasks. I was fine with it. It still just seems like the Island of Misfit Toys for me because there's people that I really like when I go there to watch, but then, like, they interact with people that I'm like, eh? Like, you know, I this is done. But, like, I think of Tony D'Angelo and Pete Dunne. It's like... Yay, boo, yay, boo. And I'm Pete Dunn, yay, Tony D'Angelo, boo. And now it appears <laughs> nope, sorry. But happy to happy to clarify that for you though. Um, but now but now it seems like Pete Dunn's headed towards Carmelo Hayes, which is gonna be cool, right? So, like as I think about stand and deliver WrestleMania weekend, it looks like it's gonna be Braun Breaker versus probably Dolph Ziggler or 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 Ciampa or something or or maybe maybe I don't know. Carmelo Hayes versus Pete Dunn, the finals of the Dusty Classic for the women. Uh, the Creed brothers cashing in their Dusty Cup at Imperium. 
and something else. I don't know. Grayson Waller versus LA Knight in a winner gets to go to the main roster. I don't know. <laughs> or loser gets to go to the main roster. <laughs> or the yeah, loser. Yeah. Um, I, I I hope I'm right. I hope. I, I think stand and deliver you, Braun Breaker, Gunther. Uh, okay. Because Gunther wants the belt, and you know. You've got to get there yet. Uh, Ziggler's comments on Tuesday, and it was at the beginning of the show, so you probably did, you didn't see it. He made the comment about Stand and Deliver being because Braun Breaker announced that Stand and Deliver was going on the road and would be in Dallas um, on that Saturday, so it's not being done for the Performance Center, or the Capital Wrestling Center. Well, that's exciting. That'll that'll be fun. At least um, that, that'll be just nice from a perspective of that. It's been a long time since right. NXT and, has played. In, in it'll be interesting of, to see. I mean, it's WrestleMania weekend, so I think it'll do fine. But how to ticket sell for NXT 2.0 on right, the road? Right. I, I agree. That's going to be interesting. And But it is WrestleMania weekend, and that's going to be a long Saturday, though, because that's 11 o'clock my time, so noon your time on Saturday. And then, you know, WrestleMania probably starts at 5 or 6 my time. Um, that's going to be a long day wrestling. Uh, <laughs> that's one of those ones where you're like yo let me just DoorDash or uber eats or whatever you do or or you make it friday night and you're like i'm gonna this is in the crock pot this is gonna go in the oven ready to roll ready yeah to roll. And unfortunately yeah, i have a trivia booking on that saturday at three so i i could can you like, show up tanked i'm just kidding. right i was great <laughs> Depending on how it all shook out, I could do stand and deliver, go do my trivia, come back to WrestleMania. Um, I also could sleep on the couch. So, you know, those are options as well um, if I do that. So, uh, but Dolph made the comment. That was where I was. Dolph made the comment that stand and deliver is a long way away. So I think we're going to get Dolph and Braun on, a, on an NXT 2.0 before that. Just, which, just my- which, would be, which would be fine. I mean, they have right. they have to give us a reason to us me. They have to give me a reason to tune in on Tuesdays and remember right. to record the stupid show. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I could see like Braun beats Dolph, which obviously Braun's going to beat Dolph. Let's be honest. And then Gunther comes out and attacks him or something and, and sets that up. I don't know. I I think that would be a really fun. NXT 2.0 match. I, I also think that if you're going to highlight NXT 2.0 with Stand and Deliver, I don't want Dolph Ziggler in the main event of that because he's not an NXT 2.0 um, star. So, uh, and that's just maybe me. We'll see. It could be Dolph. I hope it's not. It could be Ciampa, and I wouldn't mind that. I just feel like we've seen that a couple of times now. So give me something new and fresh for your your first show out. Did you notice they made Ciampa dye his beard when he came to Raw? Yeah. Yes. Man, I wonder how he feels about that. I I love old man Ciampa, but it's all right. Um, it was and, fine you know, for NXT 2.0, but he got the raw. I, nope, you gotta. We need you come, coming over here, Captain Redbeard. <laughs> and he's working main event a whole bunch. He's beaten T Bar about six times. So, um, which Ciampa Dijak should be a match that I would be really excited to see, but not one that's on main event. Um, and they don't give it you know much time. Um. I, I like the the card that you just set up. I think you've also got a Mandy Rose defense in there, probably somewhere against. She already defended against Kaylee Ray. Uh, I guess you got to let the Dusty Women's the Women's Dusty Cup play out before you can really shake out who that might be. Because I, 
Indy and Persia were my original pick to win the Dusty Cup, but they're they're teasing dissension there. So I I see that exploding at some point. I, I think I think uh, no, I'm sorry, I almost said that wrong. I think Raquel and Cora have a real shot. Yeah, too. that that was going to be my pick. I would I, if you would have said I need you to pin me down today on this. That it's got to be Raquel and Cora. And they've got a kind of a cool. I like the vibe that they've been developing there. Um, the team chemistry and, and just the character development they've done with each of them, I think has been, has been fun. So um, Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu, I mean, I, that's going to be fun. Uh, it's not going to be, you know, they're not going to win the tag titles or anything crazy. I don't think, but um, I don't know. It's, it's such an oddball pairing that I'm like, Oh, that'll be entertaining at least to watch. Um, I don't know why Dakota Kai has gone crazy and is talking to people who aren't there. I don't think they've ever fleshed that out totally. Um, but if you're going to be crazy and talk to people who aren't there, you might as well team up with the, the girl who falls asleep at the drop of the hat. So, yep. and, and both are super talented in the ring. So if they let them go a little bit while they're in there, that could be a really fun team, actually. Um, characters notwithstanding. They're both very, very talented. Uh, women in the ring. I, I also think Dakota Kai might be moving up to the main roster before too long. I feel like she's done everything she can in NXT. Might be good. I kind of hope they drop the talking to imaginary people thing, though, when she moves up. Let her just be rear-end kicking Dakota Kai. Excuse me. Uh, Tom, the last thing on our list today, unless we squirrel in anything else, um, is we've talked, we talked a little bit offline last week uh, about figures. There were some new figures revealed from WWE. Um, also, I don't know if you've seen these, uh, Relativity Worldwide, which I fully agree with my uh, friends over at the Fully Posable podcast, Jeff and Scott, that every time I hear that, I think Prestige Worldwide from Step Brothers. Um, but uh, Relativity Worldwide is Greg Gagne's new, uh, along with somebody from the Remco line, they've got some some kind of legend figures that they've just revealed the look of their, their renderings. They're not uh, prototypes yet. I don't know if you've seen those. I have not. No. So the first series is, um, and I know the Rougeaus have signed the whole Rougeau family has signed on with this company um, as well, but they're not in series one. Uh, although the Rougeau brothers would be really fun. I, I don't think Rougeau brothers have ever had figures. Um, and that's like a nostalgia kick for me. But series one for them, they're they're definitely going legends and and older legends. Series one is Magnum TA, Luthez. Uh I think Kevin or Kevin Von Eric could be Carrie. I can't quite tell from this look here. Uh Vern Gagne, Ted DiBiase from his mid-south days, and Stan Hansen. Um I think they're Remco style. I'm just gonna shoot you the uh the link here on Twitter in your DMs. I just sent you the link to the, the tweet um, of the pictures. They look kind of cool though. I have no idea yet price point. I've seen the word Kickstarter thrown around, so I don't know if it's going to be a Kickstarter kind of thing. Um, Those do look really cool. Point. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I necessarily need all eight of them by any means. Um, the Stan Hansen, I would be very interested in. I always liked Stan Hansen back in the late eighties, early nineties, when he'd worked WCW stuff and some of the Japan stuff I've seen. Um, the question for me right off the bat, who, who are they appealing to with the Luthez and Vern Gagne figures? 
people older than you and I even. I I mean, like and that's as it is Carrie Von Erica. I never I never was like I love the Magnum TA like story and I love like what he could have been, you know, had injuries not been what they were, but I wasn't like I wasn't in that moment when he was at the peak of popularity. Right. But that figure looks cool. The DiBiase looks cool. The Stan Hansen looks cool. Um again, like how 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 much shelf space, you know, like I don't know. Well, you, you have to right. be like a diehard, super diehard, probably to get someone to go. Oh yeah, I'm all in. Right. Yeah, I don't know that I'd be all in on all eight. Uh, the Stan Hansen for for sure, I'm interested in. Um, the, like you said, the Magnum. <laughs> excuse me. I, I I was a WWE WWF guy in kind of that late '80s and kind of got into WCW more uh, late '80s but early '90s. So kind of right after, excuse me, Magnum TA's car accident. I remember reading about it in Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Um, and of course, Nikita Koloff, the babyface turn and all of that, like was right as I was getting into NWA, WCW. So I don't think other than now going back and seeing things on, you know, the network and tapes and things like that in the, in the past, I don't think I ever live saw a Magnum TA match on TV. Um, I think he was injured right before I started watching NWA. Uh, so Magnum's always been somebody that I've been interested in, but yeah, like you, I didn't go through that journey with Magnum. Um, Luthez would be interesting to me only because I'm like, I don't know. It's Luthez. Like maybe having a Luthez figure would be kind of cool. I think Jax did one back in the classic superstars line. Um, Cause Jax did darn near everybody in the classic superstars line. They had a great roster. Um, so he'd be interesting, but I don't know. Those, those look interesting, but I'm very curious on price point. Um, Chella, I don't know if you've seen, has said, has signed the Road Warriors. Um, Chella, I think it's Chella. Might be Zombie. I get those two mixed up. I think, I think it was, I think it was Zombie. I think it was Zombie. zombie. Yeah. See, and Chellas are cheaper, so I like Chellas a little better. Um, zombies are 40 bucks. Um, but yeah, I'm probably going to have to buy them, even if they're 40 bucks, because it's the Road Warriors. Um, I think it is Zombie Sailor, now that you say that. Um. Oh, yes, it was, because um, uh, Chella signed the Powers of Pain, Warlord Barbarian. They're doing those two. So um, that would just be fun. I don't open them, but it would be fun to have, like, that Hasbro-style Road Warriors versus Powers of Pain, like, set up if you do, like, fig figure photography or things. Um, I don't know. What else are you interested in, Tom? Have you got... Yeah, so you, you mentioned you mentioned the Remco style, right? And I know a week ago we were talking about how um, WWE is going to be releasing their first series, and I forget what they're even called, Wrestling Superstars or Stars, something. Yep. Um, yep. And those look pretty cool. Those are pretty fun. Um, I also want to just, you know, lament with our audience um, that I am still waiting on my Brody Lee figure because I don't know how to place a freaking order with uh, – figures that are pre-order and or um back order so here i sit uh almost no we're over it's, it's almost six weeks six weeks since i placed my order and i'm still waiting and I, and you know what and it's all jericho's fault i was gonna say it's because you have a jericho on that order that is on back order unfortunately yeah yep. uh, so yeah i got my Brody lee uh my evil uno and my Stu grayson they look great um yeah, they look great. I'm, I'm very happy with those. Uh, I, I told you before we clicked record, I saw four Lance Archers at Target last night. 
which just makes me wonder where was the rest of that set because I would have been interested in FTR because I don't have any revival or FTR figures. So that would have been very interesting to me. Um, I we were joking been... before we hit record today that I only buy one figure right. in a team. So when I do eventually see FTR, like I'm going to only have to get one. I ho- Actually, I would want both, but, you know, joke aside. Absolutely. Well, and see, it drives me nuts to only have one. So, like, yeah, I feel like I have to buy both. I'm the, I'm the other side of that, um, which is not great for my, my wallet, but um, it just is what it is. Um, so FTR would have very much interested me from that line, but it was literally four Lance Archers. Um, they had some WWE stuff, but all the only Royal Rumble figure they had was Big E. Didn't they had three Big E's? They did have a Yokozuna a few weeks ago when I was there, but the box was just torn to crap. So um, I could have bought it and tried to sell it to somebody who wanted it for loose, but I didn't feel like being that nice. So um, yeah, I'm just but uh, Legends they didn't introduce or or show off. Um, Lex Luger uh, and Stacy Keebler in a, in a future Legends line. Uh, Luger's going to have his Wolfpack shirt on for the normal version, and then the Chase is actually neon orange, I think, trunks um, from his kind of WCW run, which is fun because they really haven't done a lot of the that era Lex Luger. I mean, they haven't done a ton of Lex Luger to begin with. I, I probably won't buy them, but uh, ah, they're fun. Fun looking figures. Well, and it's like one of those things where if you see it out in in the in the world, you're like, well, "That's cool." Like it just it gives you that that this that nostalgia feel. And again, that's why these figures are so popular because they get at the nostalgia for fans like you and I who recall a time when Lex Luger did X. Right. Absolutely. And and I've been to WalMarts all around. I still can't find the goon, um, so I'm gonna have to keep working on grabbing the goon. Um, but. Uh, I, you know, I'm excited for WrestleMania weekend, too, because that's usually that and San Diego Comic-Con are kind of their big release um, or big reveal uh, weekends. So I'm excited to see what they reveal. I think there is an access that's happening, like a live fans can go to access kind of event. Um, they have to. They did it when we were in Dallas six years ago, and it was great. Like that right. convention hall. Well, yeah. and the only reason they hadn't been doing it was, you know, COVID. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like now and, and in Texas, you can do anything. Um, this is the wild, wild west in Texas. They don't, COVID didn't hit Texas, according to some people. Um, sorry, that was almost political. Um, and I don't mean to go there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I had a blast at Access actually. I thought that was a lot of fun. You and I getting our picture taken with uh, Los Matadors in the Elimination Chamber. Uh, getting our picture taken in the Elimination Chamber is very cool. It could be the least cool tag team that we ever got our picture taken with. But well, the uh, story will never be released about how we unseated them and became the multiverse tag team champions. And that's absolutely. all I'll say on the topic right here. That's right. We, we can't say anymore. Uh there's there's legal documentation, but uh yeah. yes, yes, there's uh the other piece was as I remember, and I don't have a copy anymore. I'm I probably do on my Facebook somewhere of that picture of us uh with them is that they take it at such a distance. Yeah, for real. They want to get the yes. chamber in it. That it's like the elimination chamber and four little people. <laughs> <laughs> Which you and I may have dwarfed Los Matadores, as I remember. Um, they're not big guys, but hey, they made a lot more money than you or I have probably. So good for them. Um, yeah, and, and almost getting in line for Ricky Steamboat, but then 
they swapped Ricky Steamboat out for Danny Davis as I was thinking about it and went, eh, never mind. I don't care as much about Danny Davis. Um, yeah, no, that was fun. Access was a lot of a good time. I would love to go back to an Access. Um, although, actually, my next, like, desire is I'd really like to go to a WrestleCon uh, or, or something similar to a WrestleCon and, and meet some of those folks that you and I grew up watching. Uh, not that meeting the current stars isn't great, but meeting some of those people, people who... Um, you know, let's be honest. The year, the number of years that we have to meet those people is dwindling in some cases because um, they're they're getting up there in age. So uh, that would be fun sometime to do that. But anyways, we're waxing nostalgic here at the end. Uh, anything else you want to touch on, Tom? Figures or, or otherwise? No, I I wish I could buy a lot more figures, and I wish I could find them in the wild. And neither of those two things um, is part of my reality, which is sad. Yeah, I, I'm still, and I, and I need to just pull the trigger. Like, you know that I collect everything Ricky Steamboat. He's got a figure coming out um, in the, in a couple of series here. Ringside's got both the original and the chase up. I'll probably just buy the original. You know, the chase on those mainline elites, they don't go for much more than the regular, uh, maybe 10 bucks more or something. So it's not like it would be an investment, like, oh, I should buy that. And I don't really buy figures most of the time with that thought in mind anyways. Um, if they go up in value, cool. Um, I just happened to see I have the Shockmaster figure that was a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, probably now, six, seven years ago. It's been since I've lived here. Um, so probably six, seven years ago. I do have that, and I saw it's up to about 90 bucks, 100 bucks. Um, I got it for 20 Cool. Um, but I like the figure, so I'm not selling it. So I don't care. Um, so I'll probably just get the original. But man, even the original is like 26 27 bucks on ringside plus shipping. Like I really like to just find it in the wild and be like, "Cool, I got my Ricky Steamboat." But there's so well, like we've talked about before, finding it in the wild it means a little bit. Like it feels like cooler in a way. Like yeah, it's fun to get something from Ringside or another vendor and have that mail day come. But if you like are like yes, like there it is on the shelf, and like everything else goes dark, and then the spotlight in you know covers the figure. You're like, oh, is that just me? No, 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 absolutely. And I'll admit yesterday when I walked into Target and I saw that Lance Archer sitting there, um, I had a moment of like, oh, wait, they have Lance Archer. I haven't seen this series in the wild yet. Like, cool. Who else do they have? And I couldn't quite remember that FDR was in and I had to take one of them off the shelf and, and look. But when the, you know, I kind of turned my head to the side and read the, the names on the sides of the packages. And I'm like, Lance Archer, Lance Archer, Lance Archer, Lance Archer. Like, well, crap. Um, and like I said, Archer's a cool figure, but it wasn't. Wasn't too many after in that in that series. Lances, too many lances. Yeah, right. So you know, yeah, no that that feeling of finding them in the wild is very cool. And then I realized, oh, they've got some other stuff on stock. Let me look. They still have the Goldberg from last year's WrestleMania set. Um, wow, on stock. So it's kind of like the one I have uh, about a half an hour from here. That the two elites they have had for the last six or eight months have been the Io Shirai and Mae Young. That's it. Um, so. Like clearance those two out and bring in new stock guys. Like nobody's bought them in this long. Nobody's buying them right now. Like make them 10 bucks. Somebody will pick them up. You have to think. You'd have to think. I'm about ready to buy them and then return them to a different Walmart. So that at least that Walmart's out of stock. <laughs> that would be too funny. Like, here, let me help you out. I'll buy these two, get my 40 bucks back, send them to, you know, a different Walmart. <laughs> then you can. Uh, Another part of your inventory. Right. <laughs> Let me do your job for you, people. Uh, 
All right. Well, that is what we've got this week. I think a uh, good hour 23. Uh, next week, we'll be back with revolution picks and uh, I'm sure other things as well. Although, you know, with eight or nine or maybe even 10 matches on that show by the time we record next Friday, um, that, that, that'll eat up a lot of our time. To get no, and, and that's going to be good again. Like when, you know, we've been really ingrained in the stories there. So, there, there's a lot for them to do tonight on Rampage and next week on Dynamite to give us more and build up some of those other ones. Um, so, yeah, specifically, I'm really looking to Moxley and Danielson to give us just a little bit more. We never talked about Eddie Kingston and Jericho, so I apologize. We'll talk about it next week because I want you to just watch the whole thing and I want you to, I want, I want your take on their actual interaction. Um, yeah. Yeah, we talked so, a little bit that I've read the report, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. So yeah, yeah, we'll yeah talk that, about that. That's definitely a piece I'm looking forward to as I as I finally get to that this weekend. So um yeah, revolution picks. And we we have set a date uh for when we'll record our WrestleMania uh eight hour Broadway show uh to get through stand and deliver and two nights of WrestleMania. So uh look for that at the end of March as well. But uh until then, everybody stay safe, uh, stay warm if it's cold where you are. It's been bitter cold here the last few days, but we're going to warm up the next couple of days, which is nice. But uh, stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week here at Two Spot Monkeys Live.